Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. Today's show is called Communicate Your Values, Get What You Want. And I'll tell you soon enough why I've put it like that. Uh, But first, I want to say something that to people who know me, is a very big understatement, and it's that I talk a lot. Um, I had actually written an article on this subject uh, a long time ago, and in preparation for it, I wanted to ask my wife uh, to give me a react. I wanted a genuine reaction from her on that subject so I could write it in. And I said, "Hey, hun, so do I talk a lot?" And she just kind of almost choked, laughing. She, <laughs> yes. In the all-time stupidest questions, that one is second, right? And. I later asked her about why, why, why did you say it's second? And then she just said that she didn't want to be accused of hyperbole. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. That's, uh, you know, pretty sharp on her to, uh, to be so, uh, honest. And anyway, we also had another discussion one time about uh, a hypothetical son. We were like, you know, what if we had our son, blah, 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 blah. And she was just staring into space. And I was like, what's wrong? She was like, Oh my God, I'd have two Bolton boys talking at me all day, right? And that's pretty much the story. But as much as she likes to joke about that, she has added and and does add that she really is um, grateful for my disposition, let's call it, uh, even if it is rather tedious sometimes. Um, She's, you know, sometimes reads these posts on social media of some women complaining about their husbands, and, and she's always bewildered by, like, how do they even, how do they not? Like know where he is or what? How do they? How does this even possible? And not to mention, she's almost how is even? Why do people even post this kind of stuff on you know publicly? But that's another subject. But anyway, uh, these kind of posts we can see, and, uh, and these situations are typical. Uh, we can see them. We've seen them all over the years in this kind of thing. Um, they're the themes of talk shows, TV dramas. You see it all the time. Uh, countless conversations among, uh, particularly women in coffee shops and pubs all across Korea and all across the world. Now, I want to say first off that I'm not here to kind of bash Korean men in particular or even men in general um, or to admonish anybody in any kind of way. Um, But, and I'm not even trying to say to here that I'm this relationship expert and I'm here to tell you all about everything. That's none of that's true. I'm not here trying to teach everybody anything. It's just like with everything on this show, I'm here trying to think out loud um, so that I can clarify things for myself and be more deliberate about them in my own life. And of course, I hope that this discussion benefits listeners too. So one time I was trying to communicate this to my friend, Jason, and I was like talking to him about how how I constantly talk about things all the time really benefits my life. And I was like, I was going on like, I just constantly talk about what I like, what I don't like, what I'm excited about, why I'm excited about it, what I've been stressing over, what I fear, what I'm looking forward to, the things I'm working on, the progress I'm making. I just share everything with her and then I I get what I want. And at that moment, we both kind of stopped and laughed and I laughed certainly like, well, it sounds weird putting it like that. It sounds kind of grabby, like I get what I want and everything. But But I did realize that implicit in that expression, 
that was the whole thing I'd been trying to make explicit to myself. In my experience over years of acquaintances talking to my wife or to me uh, of their relationships, like a lot of women, young or old, they just love they, – they, they feel very comfortable talking to my wife about a lot of stuff anyway. Um, and, and of course, these women who post grievances on social media, there's a common frustration at their partner's lack of understanding of them or their insensitivity to their needs. And then the obvious answer and advice, which is dispensed by gossip columnists and therapists or anybody, right, is to communicate more. Uh, I recently uh, also saw an elderly man on a documentary once. He was discussing his second marriage, and then he was referring to his his first marriage in passing, and he kind of said, oh, you know, the communication just died out. And he thought that was pretty sufficient to explain his divorce, just that expression itself. And, you know... I thought about it more, and, and I do think properly understood that it is sufficient. I agree with the columnists and the experts, right? Communication is key to any successful relationship among people. But while many people do understand this is true and rightfully advise better communication, quote-unquote, they're often unclear about the nature and quality of the communication to which they refer. And even in this, I know I'm not making any big revelation like, oh, Matt, thanks a lot for pointing that out. you got to communicate more. I mean, this is why counselors exist, I know, to help people communicate more effectively. But what I'm making sure to kind of isolate and highlight here in my own mind and for us here today is that communication must be constant. And speaking more for intimate relationships, nearly all inclusive in terms of values. Of course, a good counselor can help a couple talk through a difficult problem or communicate more clearly what each person wants after the fact. But the key is to make sharing your values a part of your life, unprompted by a crisis or a dispute, right? And indeed, I think this policy, which insofar as I've enacted it consciously or otherwise, uh, this is what has resulted in very few prolonged arguments or fights uh, for my wife and me over the years. Certainly far fewer as we grow older. I mentioned on a recent episode that my wife and I argue much less often than we did 10 years ago. And even then it wasn't so much. And I also mentioned that I knew why and I would share on a coming episode. Well, here we are. My wife and I both realize more glaringly all the time that it is this sharing of our thoughts on most things which has led to what I'm going to call here today a merging of our values and which subsequently has us on an ever more aligned life path. So I'm going to talk about merging of values or aligning of values. And where our specific interests differ, there's yet no clash as each other's interests are understood clearly and respected accordingly. For example, I talk all about my baseball team and my, my baseball games. And, and back when I played soccer for years, I used to talk about that with her all the time. I would describe what I did well in the game, what I, you know, where I really sucked and blew it. Um, you know, that guy I hated on the other team, why I love the game in general and why I'm so happy to be playing. I express that constantly, right? I talk about hockey all the time. This is my greatest love in sports. Uh, playing, uh, I talk to her of my playing days all the time. I talk to her of my favorite teams, uh, the players, and even specific games. I, like I, I say, this game, oh, what happened on the, with the Red Wings yesterday, blah, 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 and the Penguins. And I tell her all about it. Not all the time. I mean, I know that her, her interest has its limits, right? And while she even watches the games sometimes, and she likes hockey generally, it's not a passion with her. Right? Uh, nor are many of the other things that I'm passionate about. But she understands my passions. And when it's time to pay up for the baseball fees or to buy some new gear or to pay for viewing packages like NHL TV or something, uh, when I want to focus on a game, uh, you know, a playoff game or something, and especially imagine going out on a, on a Sunday to play baseball, it's going to consume basically the whole day, right? I mean, this is one of our free days to hang out. 
right? Any of these kind of things which would which would earn any man, most men, a lot of grief ranging from nagging to straight up malice sometimes from from some uh, from some wives. I instead receive enthusiastic support, and I even feel sometimes that she feels happy for me that I'm going out to do something I love to do. So compare this now to a man who never talks of why he loves certain activities. So he goes out to play ball on Sunday and is almost defiant about it, right? And then she kind of sees him out the door with some bit of resentment. And later, another guy, maybe he sits down to watch the football game and his wife thinks a little bit bitterly, kind of, why does he spend so much time watching this stuff? And he might grumble a little bit irritably in his mind, like, why does she want to make me feel guilty about watching the game? And it's, it's two things going on here, right? So she has a need to feel visible and appreciated, and this is being frustrated. And then he wants to play sports and go out to play his game because he, he wants to assert himself in friendly conversation. Um, and, and watching sports, we want to, most of us, uh, we want to experience the heroic in, in pro sports. And, and for other reasons, we like to watch it. And this is all frustrated. And so, so both people are frustrated. And, you know, this is a recognizable scenario to a lot of people. And when more of these instances build up over time on both sides, it becomes an unbearable state. And this is, you know, and then many wives take to, uh, you know, venting to sympathetic friends out at the coffee shop as their outlet. And then others, of course, take to social media, as we've seen uh, plenty of times my wife has seen on, on a lot of those kind of uh, websites or something. And then in better cases, the best case, couples will seek a counselor to help them communicate their respective frustrations. But not many get to that point. And of course, these examples extend beyond just these kind of activities that we do on our own that the other doesn't really participate in. But whether it's this or something more serious, none of anyone's needs and desires need ever be frustrated. And none of these breakdowns need ever occur. By constantly sharing almost everything I think about, I mean, not everything, but just most things that I think about, about, about life and about the way, the way I want to live my life, my wife understands me understands the depth of what I'm all about. There's no, there's never any, why does he do this? Why doesn't he do that? Like she knows what makes me tick. She knows why I'm doing that. She knows me, you know, what I'm all about down to the core. And she approves for the most part, let's say. And where she doesn't approve, I don't always have to learn it the hard way and the hard way being having it out at the time of the grievance. And that's a big key today that, that I want to point out. But before we go on, I just want to take a step out and make a point here that I talk about aligned values or emerging values. And of course, I don't mean that we want someone that's the same as us. The idea is to admire that in other people, which we don't have, right? For example, my wife is good at and has characteristics that I can never acquire. And this complements my life. You know, it's that expression, you complete me. Excuse me for that. And my wife has different interests than me and different knowledge and all of this enriches my life. I don't want someone who likes all the same stuff I do and who knows all the same stuff. Like, where's the growth opportunity in that? And even more, I don't want to be around, I don't want to be with someone like me. Like, I, I don't want to be around me all the time. I couldn't even stand me, right? How are you guys even listening to the show? I mean, God help us if we don't get some guests on the show soon so that I can stop talking at you every week, right? And believe me, I'm really looking forward to it as much as you guys are. Again, I don't want the same person as me, right? But on fundamental values, standards, and goals, we must become more aligned or simpatico. So to illustrate, let's say I love sports and I find a lot of parallels to real life in them. So a sports teams try to build what's called a culture and a team is known to have an identity or to not have an identity. And this identity or this culture comes from 
communication among ownership, management, and the coaching staff. And then from there, there's communication among the leaders and the captains, etc. And then among the players. And this doesn't come merely from yelling at the players when they do something which has never been communicated to them and of which they're unaware. And then we kind of work our way towards a common understanding through, you know, randomly as we go along. This is no good. Teams that have individuals who are all clear on the culture and who have bought into the culture, as they say, they develop a clear identity and these teams have more success. And if I have one culture while my wife has another, they're going to constantly clash. So what we want is to merge the culture so that they become one and an enriched culture. This is harmony. And I think that my wife and I do have a common culture that could be said to be what's called a culture and it's becoming ever clearer. And that's because of constant communication. So while I'm talking of any relationship or any marriage, this whole thing can be especially applicable and important in mixed marriages like Korean and Western marriages. And I've lived in Korea for 17 years and I know a lot of foreigners. Foreigners is what we're called in Korea. Foreigners married to Koreans. And as I've been talking about kind of a clash of personal cultures and how we want to merge our cultures to become one culture – with um, these kind of marriages, there can be more initial or built-in cultural issues right from the start. So, and and people on both sides can get annoyed at the at the time and express their views on how irrational something is. So, for example, I'll give you one example that um, there's a deep culture about obeying parents, which is counter to Western culture. Like I remember when I came home from being married, I was on the plane after being married and I was sitting next to an older Korean guy and he was talking a lot about, uh, to me and I mentioned that we'd been married, blah, blah, blah. And he was asked me about kids and I said, oh, we don't really have plans to have kids. He said, oh, you have to have kids. He goes – and I was like, oh, you know. And I was trying to be polite and just take all his advice kind of in a way. But he was telling me you have to have kids because when you're older, you're going to be lonely and you have to have someone to take care of you and all that stuff. And I, and from a, a Western background, I thought, man, like you don't have kids to – for the sake of taking care of you, you, you help you raise them and then you get rid of them, right? And you go live your life again, right? And But more than just that, it's about them living their own life and you living yours. And they don't really kind of have that here culturally, generally. This is never applicable to indi- – I'm never saying anything about individuals. And with all this, many foreigners married to Koreans share stories to other sympathetic foreigners as to what – they, they kind of all agree as irrational or sacrificial, etc. Um, but many guys express this while they're annoyed or angry at the time, again, right? Which is not helpful. And this is not what I'm calling here communicating your values. Well, I communicated my values. I told her I hated it. I told her I was upset about the situation, blah, blah, blah. This is not. Instead, what I'm saying here is we must express our views constantly in everyday life and in a positive way. Like I talk about I've, over years, I've talked to my wife uh, about myself as a parent and how I would deal with, with my kids when they're older from the parent's perspective. Uh, for example, what I expect in having kids or how I wouldn't impose on them and how I'd let them live their own life, etc., blah, blah, blah. Right? And then I talk more about how I deal with my own parents and what our relationship looks like and what the relationships of my friends and their parents look like and what's kind of common in Western culture. And then over time, my wife kind of really understands this perspective and she kind of changes her her perspective and has changed her expectations in a lot of things. And I find oftentimes she even takes the lead in in kind of protecting us or avoiding certain cultural uh, behaviors or, or events or something that we might – that she might view as kind of uh, not appropriate. 
and 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 if we do kind of say okay well, this will go to this or we'll do this one we're at least kind of more of a team and suffering them rather than me just being upset about it and and she doesn't really get it and we're fighting right um so when when a lot of these uh foreign guys in korea tell me oh you know here's what's going on well you know what i'm talking about right and i'm kind of like kind of i mean i, I do understand what they're talking about because i understand korean culture but i mean i i don't experience that anymore because I've shared I've I've asserted my values over time in a positive way not at the moment but over time and just generally saying this is what I think is important in life and and we've kind of again merged and and we she we both think the same way on these things so I don't I don't have to fight her on these things like I'll give you an example another example of how I how much I think communicating my culture is important to her like we originally went home uh, over 10 years ago and we got married at that time and then it was that was in the summer and then it was the i think the first christmas uh we went back because i insisted on christmas i i just i love christmas but i also think there's a different quality that uh in the holiday that koreans there's there's nothing comparable in korean culture to the way the the, the feeling of of christmas and um, so I brought her back at that time to experience that for three weeks at great expense because coming back from Canada to Korea, it's not cheap and we, there's a lot of opportunity cost, etc. But it was that important to me early in our relationship to share that culture with her. And, and we've been back over the years many times and now it's like my wife knows Nova Scotia better than me and all my friends and all their wives like her better than me and all this stuff. But, and she's really quite Canadian and, and even Koreans say to her a lot, like you seem more like a foreigner, like a Westerner a lot of the time. And she often looks at things that are kind of Korean in a way with disapproval, uh, much like many foreigners would complain. She's kind of on that side of it. Now, it's, I mean, I can see right, feel right now that it sounds overly negative. I want to add here that there's much that I love about Korean culture. And it's true that I've adopted a lot of that going the other way, right? So I've become a lot more Korean in a lot of things, right? And indeed, I choose to make my life here. I live here because I think it's the best place for me to live and achieve my values. So I never want to sound too disparaging on Korean culture and, and in, in Korean life. And that's not my, my goal here. But it's, these are look, these are just examples and we're very limited here in time. I'm not going to hit every example there ever was. So take it, uh, take it with a grain of salt. Another huge example, what about parenting itself? So my wife and I don't have kids and we had never planned to have kids uh, since the beginning, right? Yet we talked and we still talk constantly in everyday life about what we might do as a parent, how we might deal with such and such situations, right? Uh, when we see something happening in a place, we might go, well, you know, if, if we had if we had our kid, here's how I would deal with this and blah, 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 blah. And you know, we go over that and, and I'm saying to people that you should have these discussions early, should learn about each other, get on the same page and weigh fewer arguments and fights and misunderstandings uh, will occur when you actually do have your child. And and I'll give a little more realistic example of this. So my wife and I are cat people and we have a cat of our own. She'll be 11 in May. And Unfortunately for us, we would like to have more cats, but uh, our poor Eva is what we would describe as a high-functioning sociopath. So she doesn't really like other animals in the house, um, and she can she's pretty good to get with people eventually. But uh, other animals in the house, it's a it's a big stress for her. Um, she's basically attempts to kill them the whole time. But in any case, it's it's a highly stressful um, period until while the, while the animal's there until the animal's gone. And so it's basically impossible that we have 
uh, other kittens. And we would like to have multiple cats at one time in our house. And of course, we also, um, not of course, but we also love dogs. So, and we will have a dog that's part of our plan in the future. And we constantly talk about what kind of dogs we like. Like, do you like this one or that one? Uh, what having a dog would mean to our lives, how we would train the dog, how we would treat the dog, like how we view what is a dog versus a human and what we'd like to do with the dog and and what our lives would be like. We talk about it all the time. So this is years and years down the road because I, I think Eva, she's, as I said, she'll be 11 in May and She's very healthy. She'll probably get to 20. And that's wonderful and beautiful beautiful for us. But it does mean that we're not going to have any other pets for a long time. So this is years and years down the road, as I said. But there won't be any surprises when we get there. We won't be fighting over how we're going to, you know, I thought I, I like this kind of dog. And this is why are you training the dog like that? This, this is how I would do it. We, we talk about this all the time. It's all sorted out. And we're very much on the same page. Now, I want to give one Final example, yet another one before we're before we're done here, um, and it's not the craziest or deepest issue, but uh, it's very illustrative. So I think it's important to do. And I said over years we've uh, dealt with a lot of um, couples and a lot of acquaintances and friends over time, and and sharing a lot of our our marriages and our lives. And the women share a lot with my wife, and the guys share a lot with me. And I remember one such acquaintance uh, years ago. Um, his wife had bought something for the house uh, without him knowing and had put it up somewhere. And when he came home, he he didn't really like it. I think in his mind, he had been kind of trying to to develop a, maybe a more mature taste in, in what he thought uh, a home might look like. And, and she was kind of surprised because she thought, well, we both like this kind of thing. And why don't you like this? And then – but he didn't like it. Um, and it doesn't matter like how kindly he can express it. It's going to hurt the person, right? But when I heard his story, like I thought, man, well, this this had never had to happen if you had discussed what kind of things you want in your home and why just for no reason, uh, you know, beforehand, right? So what kind of home do you want to build? What things do you think are attractive and unattractive and why? Point out things like when you're out at the coffee shop or something and or after you've left someone's home, you, you kind of say – Oh, I really like this and that. So she can, you know, learn what she thinks about it, right? And even shape what she thinks about it, right? My wife and I shape each other's views of what we think is is attractive or not, and what we like or not. And you know, and certainly my wife has really good taste, so it's a good thing for me to get pushed more that way. Um, and in this way, we shape what each other thinks, and our tastes become more aligned. So you change your taste as you learn from her and why something might look good or not while she learns from you. And in any case, you both develop and you develop along the same path. So, and I remember that guy had said to me at the time, uh, we weren't on the same page. And this is, you know, a perfect description of what I'm talking about here, right? You, you get on the same page by doing what I'm saying in this, in this show today, right? Um, and, you know, obviously that was never the time to say anything about it, but what else could he do, right? Um, except have talked about it beforehand. So, of course, he had to say something at the, at the time, right? Because you have to express that you don't like it. But, I mean, this is what I'm referring to as after the fact. And what you want to do is you want to express these things and get them out there before the fact. So, communicating and sharing must be constant. It takes time to merge values. Now, I want to contrast the situation to how how much I talk about our home now. I'm constantly talking about our home and and uh, and what I hope for it. Like, for example, I tell my wife that I'd really like to get more paintings in the house and stuff, right? Like when I was young, I, my room was full of Steve Eisman posters and stuff, right? I mean, 
I'm over 40 years old already and I want a new direction, right? And of course, she's already on the case. And But yet, things that I started to say I like are popping up over time, right? I'm getting what I want as I go along is what I'm saying. Um, I constantly talk to her what is important in a home. We talk to each other. Um, how I want to enjoy our future home. We're always talking about our future home, right? We both want you know, patio space is very important to us, a yard, windows, etc. This stuff is covered in Korea, let me tell you. Um, space is it's a premium here. But, but, but we constantly talk about what parts of it is really important to us, lighting and stuff like that, anything. And my wife and I now rarely have such cases as, I, as, I, uh, as my, my acquaintance did. Uh, we both share pretty common tastes. And when there is a slight difference in our taste, well, we share the same essential values. So one convinced the, uh, can convince the other why one arrangement or one item is, uh, you know, better expresses what we're about or why we might enjoy it uh, than, you know, better than another. And then as this stuff is on her mind constantly, right, I find that I get what I want. Like my, my world just constantly keeps, keeps getting better and keeps appearing in the image of my values, right? So I get to see the reality of, of everything that, I, that I'm about and that I want in my life because I shared it with her. And, and the same goes true for her, by the way. I know, again, I said we've been kind of talking about this in one direction, but it's the same both ways. So, um, and we just uh, lead more satisfying lives constantly. So that's it for now. And before I give my closing comments, let me invite everyone to please uh, ask questions or make comments. It's very helpful in clarifying what's said here, and it may lead to further fruitful conversations. So if you watch on Facebook, just leave comments or questions right in the comments section. And if you watch on YouTube or listen on a podcast medium, you can leave comments right in the comments section there. Or I would say even better, just go to the Mr. Brightside Facebook page at facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. Uh, start conversations among yourselves. Uh, you can also send questions or guest recommendations to matthew.asknow at gmail.com. And please share this with anyone you think would do well to hear it, right? The more we connect, the richer we're going to get uh, with perspective. Now, let me say in summary that as my wife and I discuss our ideas about almost everything, and I want to make clear here that there's as much to learn in discussing mundane or seemingly trivial matters as much as deep uh, issues. We discard and we adopt common values, aligning us ever more. We are a team now in pursuing these values. And rather than being frustrated, we are each even more empowered and more likely to achieve them. Indeed, by having a life partner who knows what I like and dislike, what I think is funny and not, what kind of home I like to live in, what I think of this or that person that we met or that we saw on TV, what makes a good holiday, what I'm working on, what I'm excited about, what I'm good at and not, what goals I have, and then, who then shares these goals, nearly everything about me, I much more easily get what I want. I know, or I sometimes know, when it's time to shut up, but I will never stop sharing myself with the one closest to me. To the extent one wants to achieve a common goal with any person or group, one ought to communicate the goal clearly and constantly communicate the ways one thinks is best to achieve it, like we saw in sports and business ventures, etc. But close friendships... And even more, meaningful romantic relationship, such as would last your lifetime. This is an exclusive affair. To love someone means that you care about what they value and want to help them satisfy their deepest needs. So while my wife can make fun of me freely, and she does, and express annoyance about my loquaciousness, right? she no less gets that it's this extensive sharing, which is exclusive to her, which keeps us growing closer and happier as we go along. 
It is evident to me that communicating my values often and in depth has been the key to their fulfillment, and it's true for her as well. And I'm here on the show today to remind myself and you to never let the communication die out in your important relationships. So go and share. Merge your values with those most important to you. And I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side.